moral of this song is that the world is in a horrible place. Scientific industry devours the human race. Police in every country armed with tear gas and TV. Secret masters everywhere bureaucratized for you and me. Terrorists and police together build a lower class rage. Propaganda, murder, manipulate the upper class age. If you're feeling confused, the government's in there for sure. Aware, aware, wherever you are, no fear. Trust your heart, don't ride your paranoia, dear. Breathe together with an ordinary mind. Our humor, even help enlighten.
Black and brown fighting together on the day I'll always remember. And el cinco de mayo con el grito de gallo, black, white, and brown bleeding together on the day I'll always remember. Because really, it hasn't been that long, so just in case Cat Williams had you guessing, let me kick y'all down with a little history lesson. 19th century, while the U.S. promoted degradation, annihilation with its military and U.S. Navy, Mexico got rid of the caste system, voted for its first indigenous president, even getting rid of legalized slavery. The Underground Railroad also ran south, which led black folks to freedom, with Mexico right there to receive them. Mexican men with Pancho Villa and Zapata fighting for tierra, libertad, y techo with Adelitas on the front line with bullets across their pecho. In the year 1946, it was the Mendez family that fought against segregation in schools. Because before that, they treated us like fools, pushing us out into gangs, wars, and drugs. And then they get pissed off at us when we become crips and bloods, traviesos, zoot suiters, pachucos, folkloristas, punks, bomberas, and 
I let us in the heat, had I let us with the bomb ass beats, talking about what's really going on in the streets. In the 60s, in the streets of Oakland, California, Black Panthers organized for answers. Young lords in New York fought against wars. The Stonewall Rebellion remained true for the rights of the LGBTQ. AIM, who was down for native rights with no shame in their game. Brown berets in LA learning how to fight and doing what's right. In the campos of California, Filipinos were the first ones to lay down the boycott. Screaming in solidarity, Isang Baksak, one rise, one fall. You come for one, you come for all. And today, Arizona and Alabama, they don't play. Carving out racist laws like it's made out of clay. I stand with Emmett, Trayvon, Oscar, and Bell. With my mentor, Mumia, up in the cell. Telling you I'd rather be blind than to stay quiet on a day where my people are hunt down like prey. My ability to breathe is directly connected to my ability to see. It's not about me, never was, never will be. It's about we. It's time to move, y'all. It's movement time. Nice set there. These sets today are very eclectic. Taken little from everywhere. <clears throat> that last one was Las Cafeteras with a condensed version of uh, U.S. history, U.S. and Mexican history, and the, <clears throat> the admonition that it's movement time. Don't stand still. Taj Mahal was next with I Pity the Poor Immigrant a song that so, for me, encapsulates the belief systems of the people who, not only the people who voted for Trump, but the people who have remained faithful to him as he exposes himself as, uh, well, I can't say the word on the air, but I would say a traitor to American democracy. We'll see. I doubt that'll ever be... Uh, be stated or adjudicated. And uh, Allen Ginsberg was before that with his Capital Air. And he did some recordings like that, sort of out loud poetry with uh, Tom Petty. Uh, a whole set of uh, poetry along with rock and roll music. I'm going to play something special now. This is called Working. And it's a musical presentation based on a book by Studs Terkel, a Chicago journalist and uh, leftist uh, who wrote about working. He wrote a book called Working, which he interviewed people about their jobs, about their work. Let's see if we can play some of it here for you. Thank you. Working by Stephen Schwartz and Nina Fazzo. 
from the book by Studs Terkel, with songs by Craig Carnelia, Mickey Grant, Mary Rogers, Susan Birkenhead, Stephen Schwartz, and James Taylor, recorded before an audience. LA Theatre Works is proud to present the first revised and updated version of this 1970s popular classic. Based on Studs Terkel's amazing book about everyday exertion and everyday people, working is for anyone who has ever punched a clock, a cow, or a supervisor, or wanted to. And now, working.
Typically in the morning, you wait at the shanty till 7 o'clock. You go in at 7, you start walking your way up the ladder, climbing up the steel. Every two floors, you plank it off. Then you disconnect the bottom of the mast and you tie it to the boom on top of the choking cable. You got a heavy block on the job, probably weighs 200, 250 pounds, something like that. I saw it when I was 18 years old working structural steel. I worked on towers probably 120, 130 feet high. One of the things they say about somebody with an inferiority complex is they're afraid of heights. So automatically, every iron worker's got an ego. <laughs> You're doing something that somebody else can't do. And you wear a tool belt. You know, when you're a kid 18 years old and you have wrenches in like a holster, you're like a cowboy, a sailor. If I put a two by four on the four, I couldn't knock you off with a stick. But if I put it up 50 feet, and a little gust of wind comes, and you overreact, you end up falling off. That's why most iron workers start off as kids. When you're 18 and just out of school, the guy next to you walks the beam, you're gonna try and walk the beam too. Iron workers very, very rarely fall in the hole. That's what our term is. If somebody falls off a building, they fell in the hole. We talk a lot about it among ourselves. You iron work long enough, you're gonna get some real scares. I notice myself, I get a copper taste. You know, when you put a penny in your mouth when you were a kid, you know that taste? It's a taste of fear, I guess. As you get older, you reconcile yourself to the fact that it's easier to drop down and coon across the beam, we call it. It's easier, but you lose all the hair on the inside of your legs. You can always tell an iron worker because they don't have any hair on the inside of their legs. <laughs> Another bad thing, up here, we don't have any outhouses or anything, so we gotta piss in the columns. Everybody's always drunk the night before, so they're always expelling themselves down these columns. But the problem with that is that eventually something's gonna happen where you're gonna have to work down below. <laughs> yeah, and the worst thing in the world is you have to burn something down there, you know? It's like cooking a toilet. But I always knew I was gonna be an iron worker. My older brothers were iron workers, my father was an iron worker, so it was a natural course of events. My father was very disappointed I didn't go to college. We had a college boy at work this summer. One time he saw a book in the back of my pocket. He was amazed. He says to me, you read? <laughs> That's what can get to you sometimes, you know, the non-recognition by other people. To say a man is just a laborer, a woman is just a housewife, it bothers you sometimes. Sometimes, some mornings, I look across the skyline for a building I worked on, say, uh, that office building right there. And I look down and I can see a big fancy car pulling into the parking garage I built. All right, that was a couple of cuts from... <clears throat> From a uh, presentation, musical actually, by based on the story by Studs Terkel called Working. 
And uh, first we heard uh, Hear America Singing, words by Walt Whitman. And second was Iron Worker Monologue, guy talking about working 130, 140 feet up in the air and how uh, iron workers don't fall. <laughs> he said uh, people with inferiority complexes <clears throat> are afraid of heights. Well, that's me. I was looking for some information, uh, writing a piece about early teacher organizing, sort of pre-teachers union uh, efforts to organize teachers. And I ran into this anti-union, uh, I ran into this anti-union website which was talking about the scandals, union leadership. And they had three different cases of union officials who had absconded with funds. I think one was 400000 the other was 800000 the others were smaller than those. And uh, sort of reproducing that these union, union uh, officials had taken money from their membership. A terrible thing, by the way. Certainly not meant to, to allow that to happen or excuse that. But it reminded me of several similar scandals, similar in some ways, dissimilar in others. For example, the VW Corporation and other auto manufacturers who were caught um, uh, rigging the ratings for gas mileage. In other words, claiming that the gas mileage in their cars was much higher than it really was. Plus the fact that they knew that the gas mileage wasn't that high, but continued to lie about it, even um, adjusted the the testing devices so the mileage came out higher and the pollution index was much lower than actual. What about Wells Fargo? A $4 billion scandal there where Wells Fargo Wells Fargo workers were encouraged to open bogus bank accounts that that customers hadn't even asked for and then charging them fees on those accounts. And though there were workers who were doing it, the culpability was traced back up to executive vice presidents of Wells Fargo and it was found that the company had profited to the tune of $4 billion. What about Jamie Dimon, a banking executive, sort of a, for a while there, he was kind of like the new whiz kid uh, bank president. He was articulate, he was cute, he was uh, sort of playful, had a sense of humor. Dimon, one year, reported that he had lost, they didn't know where $6 billion had gone. And his statement to the congressional committee that was investigating the uh, the whole affair was, we just don't know where the money is. 
$6 billion now. Recently, the Congressional Budget Office estimated that the Pentagon had disappeared $1 trillion. There was $1 trillion that the Pentagon, in the Pentagon's budget that was lost over a 20-25 year period. $1 trillion. And all the fuss and feathers about offshore accounts which companies move money to offshore places to avoid taxes. If you and I do it, it's tax evasion and it's a bust, a major bust. If they do it, it's called tax avoidance. It's called using the tax code to your advantage. That was estimated at $20 trillion. Now, the Trump administration has bragged about getting some of that money back by by how? By gifting those corporations with lower tax rates if they'll return their money to the U.S. So while I am definitely upset about union union officials absconding with uh, their members' money, uh, how how upset are these anti-union websites with the theft of 20 trillion, 1 trillion, 6 billion, 4 billion. God knows how much the VW scandal costs. And it's not like these are isolated incidents. They come by all the time. I remember one day in the in the early 2000s when the California State Teachers Retirement System in the blink of an eye lost value to the tune of $500 million, half a billion dollars because Enron had been reporting success, success, keeping its stock price high and on that day the stock price had collapsed even the California State Retirement System, half a billion dollars poorer. I don't know. It's a matter of, of who's really stealing you? Who's got their hand in your pocket? Really? Really? Unions? Hardly. The problem is much higher up within our government and corporate structure. Okay, we got about 10 minutes to go here. I wanted to play some Albert Collins. We discovered Albert Collins this week. Uh, His theme song called Frosty.
blues speak of so many things and making a kind of variety of the program. Okay. It requires a lot of different facts of life that we must know about. And when you think about song, the various nations of the earth. And the second there was Ice Pick. Was, uh, for many years, although a master of the blues guitar, especially all over the world, Stratocaster, the master of the Stratocaster, we have been able to make <clears throat> anything that we want to make, worked, and do anything we want to do, uh, <clears throat> laboring jobs to support himself. And at one point, he, one point he was called in to work on a laboring job. But it don't make at sense. the house where uh, when we came Neil to... Diamond lived. <clears throat> you know, you made the everything working, else. working Why? class guy, Great working man. for a superstar. From every nation in the world. I'm making all a nice the little story about that. Anyway, this is the B. Remember, one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. had to spend half as much money. Remember, please, that if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table where you work, you're probably on the menu. We wouldn't have to worry about Finally, him. never, but never let anyone in. But it don't heart. make sense. He's not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean. It don't labor. make sense. This is signing off labor and love where the labor it meets don't the make road. Sense. See you in two weeks. No show when next week. and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars—I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. 
Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Hey, people, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show on MutinyRadio.fm down at 21st in Florida in the heart of the sunny mission. Enjoy. If you can just get your mind together, then come on across to me. And then we'll watch the sunrise from the bottom of the sea. But first, are you experienced? Or have you ever been experienced? Well, I Your little world won't let you go But who in your measly little world Are you trying to prove that You're made out of gold and uh, can't be sold 
So, uh, are you experienced? Have you ever been experienced? Well, I have. to the show at any point if you have something you want to add to um to add to the add to the knowledge and the day we're happy to hear from you uh, don't be calling with no nonsense now we're not here to listen to your karen on um but you can call 415-550-0511 and um i don't know we might answer the phone if we can figure out how to answer the phone here all right so here we go we only have 30 minutes so you know but we actually got a little head start so we're actually doing really well this today's job oh, yeah. all right so i'm going to play you a little bit of this artist and i just like this want you to let me know when I, when we're done if you um if you know who this artist is all right uh, are you ready uh, boo yeah i'm ready okay i'm excited okay here we go singing along what does that mean okay so i know the song i've definitely heard the song i mean i hope so <laughs> i've definitely heard the song but honestly like I, I don't know who it is okay so the song is a gay anthem and the singer is sylvester sylvester have you heard of sylvester sylvester salone have you heard of sylvester the singer no i have Queen. not oh my god seriously <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be mad, but I mean, so you've never, you've never heard of Sylvester before. No, I've heard the song though. Okay. Really queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that you plugged that in there. So well, I, mean, I had to, uh, oops, I guess I should, um, not allow incoming text. Sorry about that. Um, so listen, a couple things. So growing up, like I am a child of the seventies. So even though I, you know, I knew Sylvester, I wasn't obviously out and gay at the time, but Sylvester was literally, you know, he paved the way for techno music, house music, and all these amazing things, but he was known as an out gay artist. Um, he was an African American artist born in Watts and he was a fixture actually in the Castro. Oh, wow. Yeah. He did lots of really cool stuff. Um, I don't know, like, you know, he was one of those people that at the time he would go out and parade around in dresses and it was very unapologetic about who he was at the time. Can you imagine in the early seventies, no, late sixties, that, that this was something that was like, you know, completely, completely unheard of, Yeah, completely especially like being African American. And, you know, he was born in Watts and his family absolutely did not, um, appreciate or approve of his homosexuality. So he had to find friends as we all did yeah. to, uh, that were kind of like him. So he, um, he actually met a group of transgender and um, and queer uh, people in a group that was called the Discotex. 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 I like it. Discotex. <laughs> and um, and they got into a lot of trouble in in, in L.A. And uh, you know I don't know if you you probably don't remember the the, the riots that happened. 
in Watts. No, you're way no, too young no, for that. No, Anyways, no, there was a period of time where there's some riots, and these group of people they all went out with Sylvester, and they looted like a lot of people did. And uh-huh. what they looted was wigs and lipsticks, and it was like yeah. kind of a joke that Sylvester always told. Yeah, I, is this interesting, right? No, it's so interesting. I mean, I I I think back to like right when I was like growing up, and I was like so scared to be who I was. And this is like in the '90s, so to think of like someone like him who is just being himself and yeah. and uh, just like not caring what people say. Yeah, well, this is a bit. This is a bitch who graduated from high school wearing a blue chiffon dress and a beehive wig. I mean, oh, oh my okay, we have somebody's phone going off in here. Whose phone is that? I, have I think no it's Tweeta Turner's. She's always leaving her shit laying around. <laughs> I think I got it off now. So no, so, but that's amazing that uh, that he was just being himself and and not really caring what people think and just going against that like status quo. Um, I mean, I, did he did he ever get into trouble? Like, was there ever any type of situation where he was like? being like arrested Seriously, you want to know if sylvester got into trouble i'm sure he did girl really because <laughs> that's like really important <laughs> i mean really girl <laughs> i don't know i'm sure she did get into trouble actually he did get into trouble quite a bit but we won't get into all that stuff um he did a lot of covers though which is interesting because sylvester um kind of he had obviously his own original stuff but he did a lot of stuff that was uh cover music and the thing that was so cool about that it was kind of like his his trademark he would take other people's songs and make them about himself he would change sometimes the the gender or change the kind of the storyline to make it about him which was very interesting because he was able to transform those songs into into something that certainly gay people could relate with um you know eventually he went on to um to uh, do a lot of his solo stuff and uh he ended up working with some really cool people have you heard of martha wash no Oh my God. Okay. We have so much to teach you today. Um, have you heard of, um, have you heard of Jeannie Tracy? Um, no, no, I have not. Wow. Really queen. Um, okay. So yeah. So Jeannie Tracy, if you remember that you, you go out right to clubs and stuff. Yeah. So do you remember the cha-cha hill songs? Put your cha-cha. Yeah. Put yeah. your cha-cha heels do, on. Yeah. Okay. So that's Jeannie Tracy. Okay. She's done a ton of stuff and she also sang, um, backup for Sylvester. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. You know who else sang backup for Sylvester? The yeah. Pointer Sisters. I don't know who they are. Yet. Oh my god! I just literally created four shows <laughs> in like one episode. I don't know. That's the, the point. The Pointer Sisters. <laughs> the Point Sister. The point. It's the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> so wait. Oh wait. Um. Okay. So we um we have a call coming in. So I'm gonna show you some more music. Um. Uh, while we're waiting on this, all right? Here we go. <laughs> Look at all the fabulous people. You want to dance? Yes, I'd love to. Let's party a little bit. All right.
All right, all right, all right. So, here's the thing. Um, I have a really special guest online. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Jeannie. Jeannie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Hi, Jeannie. Thank you so much for calling into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeannie Jeannie Tracy. Hey. Hi, how are you? Good. We're here. I'm here trying to educate the children on on Sylvester today. And, of course, you were such an intricate part of his life. And I know you're not feeling well, but we just really wanted to say thank you for calling in and thank you for being part of our first show. We love you for that. How you doing? Absolutely. I love you too, darling. Well, Jeannie and I have performed together many times, and she's an amazing person, and I love that she called in just to be a part of our Sylvester Day. So let's hear it for Jeannie Tracy. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Thank you, and thank you for keeping my brother alive, all right? Of course. You got it. We love you. Thank you, Jeannie. All right. Great show, you guys. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah, that was Jeannie Tracy. That's pretty crazy that she just called in just to say hello. She called in just to say hello. I've known her for a while. She um, She's done a few things with me, and or I should say I've done a few things with her, and she's just really an amazing person, super fucking talented. And, uh, yeah, she was a big part of Sylvester's life, singing background for him for a long time, along with Martha Wash. Now, here's going to blow your mind. So it was Martha Wash, mm-hmm. um, a woman by uh, the name of Isora Rhodes, and together they were known as Two Tons of Fun. Two tons they were they were big girl honey, <laughs> and so they were two yes. tons of fun, and and they later became known as the Weather Girls. Oh wow! Why? Who sang "It's Raining Men"? Oh, see okay. how these coming things all intertwined. It's oh, all coming that. back full circle. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I think is Tweeka's phone finally shut off here. I think so. You could, Tweeka, you're popular tonight, honey. <laughs> yeah. So um, an interesting, just a couple of interesting facts since we're here in San Francisco about yep. uh, about him is um, he performed at the main stage in the 1979 Gay Pride Parade here. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, performed at the Castro Street Theater. Oh, wow. And yeah. actually the Castro Street Fair was actually uh, one year after he passed was thrown in his honor. It was a tribute to him. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, he did so many, so many amazing, amazing things that, um, you know, to keep, keep things alive. Um, <clears throat> he, the show at the Castro Theater was called One Night Only, and it was a retrospective work um, of, of a lot of his stuff. Oh, wow. So what was it? Do you know what it was about? Girl, I wasn't. Girl, you how old there. do I look? How you old do I look, there? bitch? <laughs> Jesus. No, but I will say this. Like, okay, so he did something that I, I, I wanted to do in my lifetime, but obviously yeah. I'm not going to be able to do anymore. But in 1985, he was able to work with Aretha Franklin. He and Jeannie, who we just talked to, um, were invited to sing background vocals for Aretha Franklin's song, Who's what? Zoomin' Who. But you might not remember that song. because Who's Zoomin' Who? No, I don't yeah. remember it. So we have a lot to teach you, girl. This show's going to be on for a few years. Thank God. <laughs> I know. I wish we could drink cocktails in this booth because I need one right no now. No alcohol zone. Yeah, this is a no alcohol zone. So we're just going to have to do a lot of cocaine before we get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's let's just, just let's get just, wild. Just get wild before we, we get here. Is this, I mean, am I just like blowing your mind right now? No. <laughs> just, like, just like, I need a drink. <laughs> no, I find it really interesting. I, I You know, I'm excited to be here because obviously like many of the times that we're in the club dancing I'm just like I don't know who this is but I really do want to know who they are so I'm excited that we're doing this and that you're um, finally teaching me 
Girl, I got a lot to teach you more than music, honey. Let's start with that jacket. Um, <laughs> um, but listen, I just uh, yesterday actually I was watching some clips of Sylvester, and there was one of him on the Joan Rivers show when she had her own talk show at night. I don't uh-huh. know if you don't remember that because you were younger too, but nope. I barely remember that. But I know that it, it happened, and he was on there, and it was really cool. He sang this song called "Someone Like You," which was done in the late '80s, which was a song that I actually do remember because I was um, in high school, and I just I kind of remember because I was I, even. Though I was an out out, I was I was out. I was gay, yeah. And I was going to gay clubs, and I definitely remember this song, "Someone Like You." Um, it was a really cool song, and and he so he performed it on her show, and then afterwards he went over to the couch and and talked with um with her, and he basically I, I remember he was he they were talking about like she's talking about sexuality or something like this, and he's like, well, I've, she's like, I've worked with drag queens before, and he's like, I'm not a drag queen, yeah. I am Sylvester. <laughs> I was like, yes, bitch. You so know? he's like very androgynous. Very androgynous, yeah. yeah, and and you know, but but, but not a drag queen, but not a drag queen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's he would not say he's a drag queen, okay, right? From yeah. what I understand, but uh-huh. um, for, for most of us, we would say he was a drag queen. But his label tried to make him more androgynous because they didn't uh-huh. want, they didn't feel like a drag queen could actually do much. Yeah. So they uh, they tried to make him a little bit more um, androgynous. So. You know, it was uh, it was something that he had to struggle with and something that he pushed against um, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he, you know, he, he always said that there's a saying or actually he said that his career transcended the gay movement um, and that he said that his sexuality had nothing to do with his music. He said this is literally a quote from him. He's like, when I'm fucking, I'm not thinking about singing and vice versa. <laughs> Right, which is true. Yeah. So, so many gay artists, you know, it has to be about you know who you're sleeping with. It's 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 kind of, it's this weird thing. Like me being uh, an out Billboard recording artist in the beginning, you know, you always struggle with should I be myself and and be true to my music and true to who I am because that's going to make you the best performer, or do you have to make a decision to kind of fall in line with what you know what will fit, what will work, you know what the, what the trends are, what's mm-hmm. acceptable, yeah. and it, and it, it definitely is. It's definitely. Um, it's definitely a hard choice. And, uh, did he, you ever find yourself like turning down opportunities because of your sexuality or them not wanting you to be true to who you are? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was a, a label that I almost signed. How are we making this about me? I don't I know love where this show is that. going. <laughs> um, no, but absolutely. There was a label that was interested in me, but they told me I had to, um, you know, act straight, which obviously that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's at that point I'm like, it's too late, girl. It's too okay. Late, yeah. She's Everyone been to knows. the club. She's been out on a barrel. She's been to the rage and the mother load and all these LA, <laughs> LA bars at the time. Um, but you know, it was interesting that um, he, he was openly critical about um, what he perceived, you know, uh, within the gay community itself. Some of the divisions that happened within the gay community. Uh, he quoted, he said, he said, I get this conformist shit from Queens all the time. They always want to read me. They always want me to do it their way. I'm not going to conform to the gay lifestyle as they see it. And that's for sure. Which is kind of cool because not only was he not conforming to mainstream and not only was he not conforming to what the straight world wanted him to look like, but he was not conforming to what the gay community itself wanted him to look like. Yeah, it sounds like he was just far beyond those like barriers and walls that the gay community puts up that we don't we're so like blind to see sometimes yeah 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 for sure so i'm gonna play that track um someone okay. like you um it was 1986 and this was a track that um sylvester put out i remember it um i was in high school at the time and um it was just a really cool song that has a lot of really um a lot of really great memories so um, i'm gonna play a little bit of it cool. for you now and you can tell me what you think here we go awesome
in the personal section, there was this, this ad. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was for ad. furry puff. It was like everything I wanted. <laughs> he was I trying to get some action. It was for it me, honey. <laughs> yes. So Jay, what did you think of? What do you think of? Someone what do you think of? Like, like you. Oh, she got oh, it, girl. I like it. No, it's definitely catchy. I liked it a lot. It's very funny. It, it, it puts me right in the club, honey. So here's an interesting thing, and I think this is kind of an amazing thing about Sylvester. He's one of the very few artists that actually, um, when he passed away, he had created a will, and his mm-hmm. will um, basically left all of his proceeds to two um, HIV organizations. Oh, wow. One of which was AIDS Emergency Fund, which is now part of PRC, uh-huh. which is um, the, uh, the the nonprofit that I'm doing the Donna Sache Songs of the Season next, oh, wow. in, the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, that is the organization. So um, it's kind of cool. And so they continue to receive all the royalties. So if you don't have um, Sylvester's music um, or if you're missing something in your collection, make sure you go out and you purchase it because every... Every bit, every little bit of amount that you uh, that you buy, and every bit of amount that they raise, actually goes towards these um, HIV organizations that continue to need it um, today. So that's kind of cool, wow, right? That is, that's really amazing. So you're going to go out and buy some of this stuff, Jay? Yeah, I'm going to buy it all. I'm going to buy it all just so I can support you, Brian. Duh. Support me, <laughs> girl. I ain't dead. <laughs> I might look at, um, you know, what's, uh, interesting. Uh, there's a club in LA called catch one. Mm-hmm. And this is like, I used to dance at this club. Like we, we used to go out dancing cause the music was amazing. Like we would go to this club and we would leave this club soaking wet. Yeah. And it was like, like it was straight people. It was gay people. It was white people. It was black people. It was Asian. People. It was like all this crazy mix of all these people, yeah. but th- we were there for the music and you would just, uh-huh. I mean, you would just dance and you would leave there and your, your jeans were two soaked, shades darker. Yeah. They were, <laughs> yeah. They were completely, they were completely dark. And, um, I just, I didn't even know this at the time when I was going there and I didn't even know it actually till recently, but, um, Sylvester used to perform there all the time. Oh, wow. So, but uh, this was before you, right? So you didn't ever see him. I, yeah, no, I never, I never saw him. It was, yeah, it was, I think it was his, he had a band called hot band and it was, it was him. Um, well he, he broke up with hot band and then there was a new band called the four as, and it was, um, a new set of backup singers. It was two black drag queens <laughs> named Jerry Kirby and lady Bianca. And yeah. I'm not talking about Bianca yeah. Del Rio because the bitch can't sing. No, she cannot. Trust me. <laughs> Can't hold a note, can't hold a tune, can't hold a joke either. Anyway, um, <laughs> love you, Bianca. Um, so, yeah, so they, and they used to perform at Catch One. It was called Jules Catch One. Um, it was a predominantly gay black club, um, but the music was amazing. And we used to go there and just dance. I mean, there was a time when music and, and when you'd go out, it was about dancing. Yeah. Something, ha- you know, and you really connect with people and you yeah. dance and you just, now it's more about, you know, it's a little, little more disconnected, I think. And yeah. you kind of go out and I mean, the drugs are definitely different. Yeah. I mean, people you know. People are just, uh, I think the guys are just, it's more cr- like, I guess it's like more sex focused, it feels like, more than just people there to just dance and enjoy themselves and be with their friends. Right. And I think that's that has to do with some of the drugs that are 
going on out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that make true. you more sex focused. Yeah. Um, back then, you know, we just did a, a quaalude and an ecstasy, honey, and we were set. <laughs> we were set. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or even some, I don't know, some, there's, um, I know there's some people out there like, what about marijuana? Because that was <gasps> like obviously it? really big in the 70s. But yeah, I mean, that's just how it was, girl. I know. I, I'm so jealous that I didn't get to experience that, that kind of club scene back then where it was just about the music and going out and dancing and having fun with your friends. Uh, I don't get that today, which is very disappointing. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, I think I feel like in a, in a certain way, it's kind of moving back that direction. I think for a while it yeah. got really dark. I think, um, crystal meth got in the scene and it made things a little darker and mm-hmm. <clears throat> disassociated. And I think hopefully now we're starting to get back to, you know, that, that kind of time where it was about the music and, and about just being your, being your best authentic self. Yeah. You know, honey, you do you boo. I know. And honestly, like any time that I've been like having an amazing time and really connects with the music, I'm like sober and I'm just like just standing by the DJ booth and I just am like, I'm sorry, wait, 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 wait. You said, did you say sober? Girl, don't tell everybody what I'm doing and what I ain't doing. Okay. Cause I haven't seen that in a long time, girl. But no, yeah, I think like the, the times that I really have had had amazing time at the club, it's just been like me wanting to connect with the music and making that kind of like my focus. So, yeah. Well, so, you know, the one, I'm going to try to basically educate you on one other song, which is another one of his big songs. Um, and one that he was actually very well, well known for. Um, and it's a song called, do you want to funk? And it was a really high energy dance track. Do you want to funk? Do you want to funk? Funk. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was Sounds co-written, fun. uh, co-written, um, with, um, Mr. Crowley, who was uh, actually, uh, uh, did a lot of work writing with Sylvester and, um, it was released in July of 1982. So I was two <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, my mom used to sing this to me to sleep. Oh, okay. I'm totally lying. My mom never sang to me. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but, um, so it, it absolutely did. Well, it was like, one, I'd say probably one of his, one of his bigger hits. And so, um, I think, um, I think we should play it just a little yeah. bit of that just so you can hear it. Yeah. Let's see if I, I know this one. I, I bet you know this one. All right. Here's, okay. here's our, here's our last Sylvester. Um, song for the evening. I'm ready for it. Okay, you can see I'm new because that's not the song. This is the song. I'm so pretty.
love that song. It's such a great song. Jay likes the clapping part. Uh, clap, clap. Clap, clap. <laughs> no, girl. Wrong timing. Uh, damn it. Uh, so what do you think, girl? I've never heard the song. Wow. It's an awesome song. You really need to, like, now that you kind of are familiar with them, you kind of need to download them and, like, oh, listen. I'm diving in. And the history. You know, I, I want to leave today with um, one last little story. Um about Sylvester, um, at one point he, you know, eventually he died from HIV and AIDS, yeah. and um, he attended the Castro's 1988 Gay Pride Parade. It was called the Gay Freedom Parade at the time, mm-hmm. in a wheelchair, being pushed along the front of people with an AIDS banner along Market Street, mm-hmm. and all the crowds as he passed them, um, they shouted out his name as he passed by. Wow! Um, and uh, they said the next the uh, the next Castro Street Fair, which was a few months later, as we all know, um, was named a tribute to Sylvester, and that was in 1988. And, mm-hmm. and even though he was like too sick to attend cause he was, uh, you know, he was, he was very, very ill at the time. Crowds chanted his name to such an extent that he was able to hear them from his bedroom. He was, li- he lived on Collingwood, um, yeah. right up by the edge. And yeah. so people were chanting his name cause it was the tribute and he was able to hear it from his bed. It's pretty, Aww. pretty amazing. amazing. And, and, it's, and it shows really ultimately what he did for the gay community and, and yeah. how influential he was and how in a time where being gay was not okay, he stood up for who he was and stood up for what he believed in and really made no apologies for um for being himself and that's something that even though maybe i didn't experience it firsthand and yeah. you didn't experience it firsthand mm-hmm. um it's something that we can learn from our history history yes about you know about uh about someone who was who was that uh that influential in our lives yeah, no, that's amazing. I am so excited that, that you taught me about him today. Yeah, and so um, the last thing I'm going to say is that in 2005, he was one of three artists that were inducted into the Dance Music Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. Alongside Sheik and Gloria Gaynor, two <laughs> other people you probably don't know. Nope. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and in 2016, Billboard magazine actually ranked him as the 59th most successful dance artist of all time. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's, that's huge. That is that's a huge accomplishment. That is pretty incredible. Well, our time is up here today. We're super excited. I hope you enjoyed the show. Oh, Jay, we did it. We got we through did the first it. one. Oh, and, my God. And, you know, we got our groove. This is brand new. Neither of us have ever done radio before, so this is this is all new. There's yeah. a lot of buttons and all kinds of things. Going to put the cookies <laughs> up in this machine. I don't know how to work this shit. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. So, we don't know how to work any of these things, but we're, we're doing our best, and we want to hear from you. So, if you have ideas, um, show ideas, if you have, um, you know, people that you think we should talk about, um, if you have a, have heard of... You know, somebody say to you, I don't know who that is. And you feel like they should know who that is. Yeah. Reach out to us. We are in a couple places. We're on Instagram at really queen radio. And we are also, um, we have a website, which is a really queen radio.com. And you can reach us at really queen radio at gmail.com, which is also on our website. So, um, we are super excited and we are here every week from six until six thirty PM. And we also want to one more time, thank Tweeka Turner and the house of radio for having us be a part of this show every single week we look forward to spending more time with you guys and uh and really appreciate it we'll see you next week bye bye all right all right house of pride radio wow let's have a nice round of applause raza for really queen (laughs) really queen that was fabulous thank you all right Folks, we want to, uh, before we go, we, this is a short abbreviated House of Pride radio show today. Uh, but um, since Raza's here, take a seat. I want to catch up with you, Raza. Okay. Let's catch up. How many Sylvester songs did they play today? 
<laughs> oh, five. Five um, Sylvester songs. Did you play Dan Disco Heat? Oh, I love that's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, they're off. Nice to meet you, Jay. Nice see, you. see you next you. week. Yes. yes. Nice to meet you. Great job. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Fantastic. Yes, thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, let's PR his show. So Brian has a show. Folks, if you're looking for something to do tonight, go to The Edge in the Castro. It is called... Musical Wednesdays. Musical Wednesdays with Brian Kent. And don't forget Donna Sessions Songs of the Season. Did you promote yourself? No, I forgot. Oh, damn it. Next next week. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, Raza. Hello. What's up? What's up, DJ Tweeka Turner? Got any new remixes going on? Do do we have any new remixes? Um, Yeah, but let's talk about you. Okay, then. You are on tour. I'm on tour right now. I'm in San Francisco. Uh, This weekend, I got some exciting shows. I'm presenting a new Mambo Salsa Samba show. I have uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday dates here in San Francisco. I'm very excited to present this new show to bring some of my work back from what I learned in Mexico City and uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome super high energy um, Friday I'm going to be at the Skylark starts at 8 o'clock it's uh, it's free uh, Skylark is on 16th between Valencia and Mission it's 3089 16th Street it's a free show it's variety it's circus, it's comedy, it's music, it's drag, it's all kinds of stuff. So, um, hey, can't beat that for a free show. Starts at 8 o'clock. Probably suggest you get there early because Friday nights are swinging over in the Mission. Uh, yes. Yes, and Saturday I'm going to be at the uh, Exit Theater. Is that your telephone? Yeah, oh, okay. popular. <laughs> Uh, Saturday, I'm going to be at the Exit Theater. That one is on Eddie. It's 156 Eddie in the heart of the Tenderloin. And we all know what the heart of the Tenderloin is like these days. So make sure, again, to get yourself there early. Find parking. Show starts at 8 o'clock. So this one is more like a theater show. You get to sit in a little cabaret theater in the front and watch uh, a super... super burlesque acts um in the crew and let's see the cast yes the cast is all burlesque um so that's the exit theater on saturday in the tenderloin and then on sunday i'm gonna be at the elbow room with uh, afro funk experience and la gente both bands san francisco bands and I'm going to be presenting my work there. And this is a farewell tribute to the Elbow Room. The Elbow Room is closing. So sad. So sad. And um, and that's on Valencia and 17th. That's 647 Valencia. That show starts also at 8 o'clock. That is the Raza Vitalia tour. And if you want, like to follow and keep up with what her ongoings are, go to her website at rasavitalia.com and you can find me on Facebook at rasavitalia as well. You can find me everywhere online. That's fabulous. What are you doing for the Thanksgiving next week? Will you be in I town? We'll be in town and I'll be thankful for you and I'm hoping to get together with a, a great group of friends and folks here in the Bay Area, all the orphans and misfits for Thanksgiving. 
How about yourself? I will be in town too, and we do have a show next Wednesday, uh, Thanksgiving special show. We have, uh, so stop by if you're around, Raza. Folks, uh, next uh, Wednesday, we will have guests here like you won't believe. We'll have Anna Christina, a very talented singer and performer. We'll have uh, an interview with Angoon, the uh, best selling Asian artist of all time. She's from Indonesia. And she has a top 20 dance song on Billboard Club chart. Let's hear all about it next Wednesday. Exotic, exotic. Yes, Sarah Dash from the amazing group LaBelle will touch base with her and give us one of her spiritual messages all the way from New Jersey here on House of Pride Radio. We can't wait to talk again with our wonderful, beloved friend, Sarah Dash. All right. That sounds like a great great lineup right before Thanksgiving. There'll be more surprises, folks. So do tune in next Wednesday here on House of Pride Radio. And don't forget that... Weekly 6 to 6.30 is Brian Kent's and um, Jay's um, podcast entitled... Really, really, Queen. Queen. <laughs> so that's every week they'll be opening up the door here uh, in the House of Pride house uh, with that fabulous, fun podcast. So if you need a place to tune into next Wednesday, 6 p.m. shop. Tune in to House of Pride Radio. We're here for you. Well, let's follow the same musical tangent as Brian has been doing with uh, another Sylvester song. I don't think he played this one. We'll close it out with uh, Sylvester living for the city. He took this one all the way up to number two on Billboard Club Chart, remake of the Stevie Wonder classic. All right, a San Francisco legend right here on House, on House of Pride Radio. Signing off. Goodbye, everyone. Good See you next bye. Wednesday. House of Pride Radio.
Lablatic on MutinyRadio.fm.
Somebody told him that, well, your wife was forced to stand and turned into a dove, so he flew away. So
because whenever he goes out, he could kill big animals. And this dog could kill big animals because it was so good. And another thing was this, this dog was so good because it was blessed by the uh, spirits. So one day they went on hunting and uh, so many people were jealous of this boy. They thought of how to kill the dog. So what they thought was, first of all, they hit the dog with the knob. After they hit the dog, then they will uh, skin it to make sure that it will not be, it will, it will not be alive again. And after they skin it, then they will bury it. So they did that one day while they were out. Watch it now. 